Hi there, this is Amanda and you are listening to The Vining Perspective. Today is a daily drop. Dailies are typically between 5 and 10 minutes and are focused around thought leadership, inclusive to RevOp, sales, senior leadership, and business development. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. I hope Santa was good to everybody and you're all feeling enthusiastic and recharged and ready for 2023. I am feeling great and excited. I had a fantastic week off with my family and I'm just so thrilled to be connecting with you all again. This is my new podcast series. I know I try to do this often, but I am making my New Year's resolution to be accountable for more guardrails and more structure in my leadership. And I hope that this is an opportunity for us to all connect. Every other week, I'm going to drop these episodes on Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern time so that I can have a little bit more connection with so many of you inspiring souls from around the world. So I look forward to that very, very much so in the year ahead. I'm talking today about simplification in deals and the notion of customers and prospects wanting choice and essentially giving a bit of a juxtaposition against that and the desire for simplification and ease of management and who they select as a vendor. So I want to talk about this because it's just so freaking front of mind for me. The last year or so, I have spent so much time on uh, different meetings and calls and demos and working with our own third-party vendors that we bring in, whether it's sales tech or customer success tech or it's enablement tech or marketing tech or all these different tools and resources we use. And I often find myself from a consumer lens saying, okay, you've met with me, gosh, 15 times. You have met with, you know, 50 other stakeholders from around the world. We have hours and hours, you know, 70, 100 hours of different meetings with some of these vendors. And yet at the end of it, when you're getting into that decision-making final buying cycle, they're presenting me with like an a la carte, what do you want? And I look there and I'm like, what What do you mean, what do I want? You should know what we want. I had you talk to so many different people in so many different countries. Why are you now asking me what I need to pick out of what your processes are for implementation? Uh, it's extremely confusing and I would imagine that you're the expert at this point. So I think that um, our business does that sometimes too, that as we launch new products and we launch new services and we have all these different features that we didn't have before that we are super excited about, uh, we find the need to sometimes give that choice to a consumer, but it's just confusing. So rather than saying, hey, uh, you're looking at your hotels, what do you want your guardrails to be in every city because you could customize everything? It's saying, hey, there's a lot of volatility in the hotel space. Looking at your organization and everything you've talked to me about your approvals going through 99% of the time and the last minute natures of your booking, I think it makes a lot more sense to use a recommended algorithm as to what your hotel cap should be on a day-to-day basis. And if that's not working for you, reevaluating in a few months time. So really specific example there, but it's really about looking at that customer and that prospect and thinking about what they want to hear versus saying, what could you do? What do you want? And giving them all of the choice because there is endless choice. And from a consumer's lens, a decision maker's lens, a buyer's lens, they don't want to think about every little drop of nuance that they're going to have to bring in and every decision that they're going to have to bring in because one, it's going to make things uh, 
last a bit longer through the implementation. It's going to take longer. That timing cycle might take them away from the cost and the value that they were looking for in the first place. But it's also going to cause potential challenges within their organization that would then be a poor reflection on them as the buyer. So I want to talk about how do we get away from this a la carte notion and not get to an off the shelf notion, but get to a notion that has an intended outcome that hones in on our expertise and it really hones in on what is best for the customer. So I'm going to talk about this from the lens of corporate traveler, because that is the lens that I know and the one that I've worked in in for 15 years. But I think that this can apply to most sales orgs and how you would approach your business if you're selling a product that has numerous options. Um, I, I want to start with expertise, right? So we want to leverage our expertise when we are simplifying a implementation or buying cycle. So what is the expertise of Corporate Traveler? Well, the expertise of Corporate Traveler is that we have over 20 years experience working with startup to mid-market organizations who are looking for value and expertise. They're looking for a phenomenal customer experience and the service that they're going to get, but they're also looking to leverage us as a large global travel management company who can add a value of cost savings as well, right? So that's what they're looking for. So what do we have? We have over 16,000 customers where we have data and we have insights as to traveler patterns and behavior. We have leverage of benchmarking that prospective customer that we're bringing in or existing customer against like-minded peers. If we're looking at life sciences, we can go ahead and look at them against thousands of other life science companies and what they're doing. So if we're setting something like a travel policy, we should easily be able to say, based off of having 16,000 customers in the startup to mid-market spend, understanding how many employees you have, understanding what are the right behaviors your traveler should be embarking upon, and also what you should be thinking about in terms of traveler well-being, we are able to make recommendations that are also benchmark against your peers and similar organizations that are local to say, hey, this is what we recommend that you're able to do for your travelers. You can even take that a step further and talk about the fact that we're able to do that against the volatility in the travel market. So these are the recommendations that we're going to give to you. We've also met with you and spent over 60 hours with you in the last two years in bringing your account to fruition. And these are our recommendations on what's going to be best for your organization based off of all of those different facets. That's going to sound a lot better than do you want this? Do you want that? Can I do this for you? Can I do that? So you want to really think about how do you leverage our expertise? You also want to think about what is in it for them. Why would they want to do that? Well, they want to have a simplified option because one, it is going to mean that the timeline of implementation is going to be certainly a um, sooner implementation. And the longer they take selling this internally, the more difficult that is for them to get it across the line. They might have goals against the financial year. I wanted to talk about this a lot today because we are looking at a new financial year. And the more that you have all of your budgets and your, your spend in one place, the better in any sales org. So they're probably going to want to do it for the, the length of time it's going to save. But it's also great to have insights for, say, a quarter versus adding a lot of stringency and difficulty and potentially traveler friction or friction in any business in that first quarter and reevaluate versus adding something in that's going to reflect poorly on that decision maker where they kind of say, well, hey, 
I feel like Big Brother came in here and I have all these different um, pieces that now I can't do that I used to once do, or we're just not thinking about the volatility that's in the travel marketplace right now. We all know how volatile it's been. There's no real indicator that we're not going to see continued volatility in the months ahead. And we don't want that to then reflect poorly of, well, you really weren't thinking about travel today. Um, you were thinking about travel two years ago. So for all of those reasons, what's in it for them is a faster implementation and all the different pieces I just meant, and also doing something that is like the other companies around them um, and how they support their people. So that, that's all what's in it for them. But before you have any of these conversations, uh, the, the thing that you need to think about, essentially the backbone of all of this is what is your intended outcome? Um, if every single one of these meetings didn't start with, I don't know where I'm going, uh, we typically end on uh, have these meetings start with, you get on a path and you're kind of just following whatever fork in the road and your gut instinct or the customer's gut instinct in that moment, they, they don't often start an, enough with an intended outcome. So you as the seller uh, or as the introducer of these products and services should be walking in with what is my intended outcome? Is your intended outcome to give them the version of your product that makes the most sense for them and that you feel really confident in what that is going into it, I assure you that nine times out of 10, that's the out outcome you're going to end with. It's when we don't go in with an intended outcome that we don't know. So I think starting these meetings from a place of using that intended outcome of my goal today is to offer you the best product that is customized and accurate and in a place where your organization is going to thrive. That is my intended outcome. And today's meeting is really to help guide us to that point. Um, that is a really strong place to start. And using your, again, expertise and what's in it for them to take you to that place by the end. So thinking about how you're going to leverage the expertise of what you are bringing and how you're also going to think about the past meetings that you've had with that customer or prospect that you should really know what's right for them and doing that extra work up front to make sure that we're bringing in a lack of repetition, not having a customer repeat what's important to them in every meeting, but being able to actually then customize our product for that is going to really strengthen you through that implementation cycle. Um, I would also add that you can always change and go back. Um, so you can always add more <laughs> policy. You can always add more um, products. You can always add more to a, a business, but not overwhelming things at the very beginning and starting simple um, and eliminating friction points also leads to a much stronger initial quarter of implementation. So, so those are the things I kind of wanted to talk about first. So I hope, 10 minutes of rambling, you've taken three things. What is your intended outcome when you're implementing a deal or selling a deal or adding a new product and service? What is it? What do you intend as the person who is introducing it? What is your intended outcome? That has now become your goal setting agenda for the beginning of your meeting. Two, when you're selling it, you are going to leverage your expertise, right? So what I just described at Corporate Traveler, we have 16,000 customers that are all sitting in this real startup for small to mid-market enterprise size. So we know what customers are doing uh, in your type of hyper-growth environments. We also leverage your industry often. We have thousands of customers in your same industry. We understand their policies. We know how they treat travelers. We know what they want to do with traveler behavior and what they think is the right thing for their people. And simultaneously, we also have the understanding of the volatility of the travel market and can make recommendations and changes on a daily basis based off of what's been going on. 
For all of these reasons, I recommend that this is the policy and configuration that you would go ahead and roll out in your platform. If this isn't working for you in three months time, we're happy to go ahead and make changes and adjustments. But for you, this is going to give you the timeline you want on your implementation cycle. I know you want it to be implemented by the end of next week. And it's also going to eliminate friction with the change for all of your people because they're not going to have any new procedures or protocols that they're just not used to or that isn't really factoring in that volatility that I just referenced. Does this make sense? Right. So there you go. You just heard me kind of give that example. Of what's the intended outcome? What's our expertise and what is in it for them? Lastly, I'm going to leave you with, and I hope I'm not kind of shoving too much into this, this one, my, this first podcast, I'm excited if you can't tell, um, is how do you get there? So if your intended outcome is that you want to be able to give a product that is essentially your, um, your kind of all-in package or off-the-shelf, it's not super custom, it has uh, what you know should be right for your customer, but it's not going to have a lot of nuances that are, that are respective to just that org. And that's your intended outcome of what you want to go to. What are the decision-making questions that would guide you there? So one of the things I think about a lot is travel policy being set up in our platform. So we're setting a policy up in Mellon. Okay. I'll be talking to a customer who will say things to me like they have an approval process in place, but they let 99% or more of them through. So they have this approval. Sometimes things get stuck where they're sitting in approval and they actually miss out on the pricing because no one had approved that trip. They have this hard approval in play and yet 99% of them go through. So I would be able to talk to that prospect and say, okay, well, how much money are you losing potentially in the approver hasn't gone in and approved it and it's gone up then? And they could say, well, that happens, you know, once a month and it, it's probably $1,000. Very simply, I could say, okay, so you're losing $12,000 a year on having an approval process in place, yet you're telling me that 99% of the time the approvals go through anyway, that 1%, would that equate to $12,000? No. Okay. Well, why are we adding that friction point for your travelers if that's something that you're consistently saying you trust that they're making the right decisions and you're approving them the vast majority of the time and you're having other pieces fall through why why do we think that that's the right move moving forward knowing the volatility in the, the travel marketplace today and oftentimes you're going to guide them there anyway and it's just like why don't we just try it for three months without approval with having the right uh coding put in place that we know why people are traveling making sure we're capturing everything we need we evaluate potential bad behavior looking at your top spenders and um, if there's anything over a certain threshold on a monthly basis in your reporting and why don't we start there as opposed to starting with this hard approval that by all respects you're telling me isn't working so thinking about where are you going um if the hotel rate cap one was another example this actually just came up in a meeting that I was in, um, where someone was saying, oh, yeah, and we want this rate in this city and this rate in that city and this rate in that city. And I was able to quickly say to them, well, why? You just told me that ho your hotel pricing has been crazy and you're having to go in and approve all these anyway, that people are breaking the system. They're going and booking on uh, different online platforms or uh, they're breaking your ability. Uh, desire to have everything in one place with your travel management company and they're breaking the system because their approval isn't coming through in time because of the rate caps, why would we not want to look at giving you strategic recommendations for those cities on a day-to-day -day and knowing what those should be or when they're too much and adjusting them until the market you know, comes to a place where maybe rate caps make sense again? 
And they're like, wow, I didn't really know that was an option. So my point is you can really work around these different pieces, but you need to make sure what is your intended outcome is there. You are not just getting on a path that's going to guide you any which way because your customer or your prospective customer is not walking into that meeting with the energy of today I'm going to make 45 different decisions for my business without checking with my peers, without thinking back on the 70 hours that we've spent together in the last two years, without really going and saying, I, I got to probably come away from this. I need to talk to them. I I'm not sure if I'm, I'm a, making the right decision. I, I feel like this is going to potentially reflect poorly on me. Why am I here? Why am I doing all this? Don't you know these answers? That is the energy they are often bringing, not yeah, let's do this. Let's super customize this. And I'm obviously talking about the general, not the not not everyone, right? That's generally how people feel. There are some customers who do want to make that extremely custom um, platform, and that's totally okay. But they're not everyone, and we're treating the general like it's everyone. Um, and instead, going in with that expertise is really the way you get to that intended outcome that you're setting. But if you can just remember to make sure you set the tone correctly, you get that expertise, and you really, really, really think about from a consumer lens, what's in it for them. Um, I think that these will be much simpler, much smoother conversations. I hope this helped. I cannot wait to connect with you all again more regularly, as I said, and I wish you all just such um, success this year. I think that this is going to be the year for so many of us. I look at 2021 is the year of radical transformation. It's like that seed that was planted. Um, 2022 was a lot of people watering that seed and just trying to figure out, you know, how do we be more capable? How do I be a better me personally, professionally? How do I set a tone again? And in uh, 2023, I think we're going to see those flowers grow. So I look forward to doing that and working with all of you. And thank you for your time today. Yeah.